Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Today we have a very special interview with another one of Jay's all-stars, as we like to call him, Sam Hewitt. Sam is just an incredible ball of energy and is doing so much manifesting, it'll make your head spin. So hold on for the ride. Good morning, and welcome to Miss Sam Hewitt, and uh, just the most amazing, amazing woman who has just been creating things like crazy. Uh, We're super excited to welcome you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Jay. How are you feeling after your weekend? Um, On top of the world, kind of almost just a little bit in awe, um, a lot of reflection on um, just all the amazing things happening and that are coming up ahead. I'm uh, The universe scheduled it perfectly where we had our big fundraiser on Saturday and then I always go on the same vacation every single year, third weekend of July. And so I leave either tomorrow or really early Wednesday and I get five days of vacation and I'm going to turn my phone off and it's going to be so amazing and I'm really excited. Good for you. Um, So I've been kind of staring at my phone nonstop since I started planning this fundraiser and so it feels really good to have that follow-up me time just kind of already scheduled in there. Well, let's give everybody just a kind of a heads up real quickly about what this is all about. So Sam um, is a client of Jay's um, who has been um, working and manifesting her way to creating a new school uh, called Mindful Montessori, Mo- Montessori excuse me. Um, she's actually been open as a school for, is it, how long has the school actually been open now? About a year and a half. We got our first student in February of um, 2015. Awesome. So now she has, um, she, she did was doing that in home. Um, creating this uh, amazing Montessori program in um, in an in-home setting, and now she has is moving into a former school building that actually used to be a Montessori school here in Lawrence, um, and she is going to be able to expand and take on new students, and it has just been incredible. Um, and so this weekend, this, uh, she had her first fundraiser, um, which was an incredible event full of music and activities and auction and raffle and all sorts of crazy fun stuff um, that just drew hundreds of people um, to learn more about the school and just support the program. So today we're going to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about that process of getting to the school actually opening their doors, Um, but we also want to learn a little bit more about you uh, first. So could you just give us a little rundown of Miss Sam and who you are? I call her Miss Sam because my son <laughs> um, is in goes to her program and he's in the he's in the school this summer and so he calls her Miss Sam. So it's if you if I hear call Miss Sam, that's why. Um, but can you give us a little history of you? Oh wow, um, where to start? Well, um, I would say. Um, I'm very outgoing. I'm very kind. I'm compassionate. I think that I've always kind of been the person that's really drawn people to me um, and just 
I, my mom used to call me a social butterfly when I was little. Um, and I would say a big part of what used to be my story was that, um, I had a, a hard time going through the public school system as a child. Um, and I've really framed that into, I learned a lot about what I, who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do as a result of my time, um, in the public school system. Um, but I've, I um, graduated college from Baker um, with my degree in psychology, and um, since I entered entered into quote-unquote adulthood, uh, I've lived in Lawrence. I'm from Lenexa, and that's where my mom and um, her side of the family all lives in Johnson County, Um, but Lawrence is now my home. I've been here for almost 10 years, um, and I have found my community, my family here. Um, the building that we're moving into actually was my very first teaching job here in Lawrence, Sunshine Acres, and um, that was about nine and a half years ago, and that I always knew that I really loved kids. I ba- started babysitting and going to babysitting classes when I was really young, Um, but I, that was when I really solidified that I knew that I wanted to work with kids as an adult, how important that was to me. And, um, a lot of the things that I was feeling from my childhood and growing up and just being that, um, that kind of disruptive child and nobody, either I had advocates or my teachers weren't advocates, um, but I then went on to teach at Raintree for a while here in town, um, which is another Montessori school as well. Both of those are Montessori programs. And um, just have kind of gone on to get more and more clear about um, what I want, wanted to do and uh, opening the school. And yeah, that's kind of a, a brief recap. It's hard to know where to start. Tell somebody about yourself. There's especially somebody who likes to talk a lot. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Um, so when did you start working with Jay? Um, I've been working, what do you think, Jay? Six, seven years, six and a half, maybe? No, it hasn't been that long. It hasn't been that long. No, there was a good it, gap before you started your seminars from when I first met you. It was a couple of years before I started. Well, we started to work together initially for a minute, and then we didn't work together. Yes. And then um, it was right just previous to me starting my seminars, I think, because then you, you did the seminar, and that's kind of when we started working together again. Yes, yeah. I was thinking right. it was about So two I had already years. started doing seminars. I, ca- I don't count the previous time because it was, you you weren't ready yet. <laughs> so um. That is, okay, fair enough. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'd like to share part of that story because I think that part of what's important from, and what I want people to get from Sam, is this idea that, um, you know, there's just, there's stuff that, I mean, your ability to say you're going to do something and then stay in the game to until it ma- actually manifests, and and a lot of people would have quit uh, way before you did, way way before like way before, <laughs> and you still haven't quit. And that's one of the things that I, you know, I say it in the book. I'm saying it all the time. If you just never quit, you're going to win eventually. And you're somebody who. 
you know, when Sam first came to work with me, we did a little bit of work, and then, you know, we basically, I ended the relationship essentially from a coaching perspective because at that time, Sam's integrity wasn't anywhere near where it had needed to be for her to manifest the kind of things she wanted to manifest. Is that, is that fair, Sam? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was clear what I wanted, I think, at that time. Definitely, like, I, I was pretty clear about what I wanted, but I was not in the place of integrity where I could get it. Nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about that for a minute because integrity is such a big deal. And I think that, you know, uh, I think people, a lot of times, especially the human condition, we collapse integrity with being good or bad mm. or right or wrong. And one of the things that uh, Sam is really good at and that I, it takes something to be coachable through this is to have somebody call you on your integrity and at the same time not hear that they're telling you that you're bad. Yeah. 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 Because so we take true. it personally, right? And so I had to be a real hard ass with Sam about integrity because I could see that she had this huge vision, that this big game that she wanted to play. But boy, if you're going to play a big game like that, you got to have your integrity in. Right, and when I say integrity in, what I mean is you got to be somebody who does what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. You got to have your values in check. You know, like you got there's just there's no way you can succeed at a big game and not be somebody who fulfills on your word, right? And that's not right, wrong, good or bad. And it's not you know you're not a bad person if if you don't honor your word. But you're not going to be able to succeed because you in a, in a game as big as Sam was playing, she was going to have to create team to be able to do it. She couldn't do it by herself. She could lead a team and create all this, which she has um, now. But there's no way at the time. So a lot of what we did initially was just working on that integrity, right? Yeah. And then just starting to get you to a place where I'm clear now if Sam Hewitt tells you she's going to do something, she's going to do it. And if she can't, she's going to let you know right away. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, totally. it's just function now, right? Yeah. 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 And, and that was so a muscle that, I mean, we've been working on that for a really long time. And that, you know, just like you always talk about, it is a muscle that I had to flex over and over and over again. And it was a lot of baby steps starting just being in integrity, um, being on time. When I said I was yeah. going to be somewhere, being there, and then it became bigger things like commitments as far as getting something done on time um, and follow through. And it's definitely an area where I was really out of integrity. <laughs> like, um, but here's the other thing is that, and this is important, I think, because there's so many, um, I coach a lot of women, and this is where it can go, where, and this is another one that Sam and I work on all the time, is she can, Sam, you can flip-flop into perfectionist zone too, Right, oh, yeah. she gets super passionate about something and then gets into perfectionist mode, and then it's like, if I don't do it in this certain amount of time, I'm going to beat the crap out of myself. Right, so, so the other thing that Sam has really been flexing her muscle on, and something I want to honor you for, is you have also flexed your muscle around being having it having it be a matter of integrity that you don't get to beat the crap out of yourself. Yeah, being being gentle with myself. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's been a muscle too. That it's and and those two things together, like the integrity has to be in, but there also has to be a level of, you know, gentleness, care, and and not like that trying to grind it out to the point that okay, now I said I'm going to do this, so by God, I'm going to do it if it, even at the cost of my health and well being. 
kind of well like yeah that. and noticing those pot those patterns and those thought cycles when they come up i feel like where it was my biggest initial step was first i had to realize how i was doing it and then i was able to start acknowledging when i was doing it and and shifting that each and every time to get to that place yeah 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 and that's something that you know and i love that you do this work to the degree that you do because that's the fun for me is you're always willing to look at what's running me right now, right? What yeah. conversation, what belief do I have is running me right now instead of where I want to be located. And we can always get in a coaching session. We always get you back to, you know, what you're committed to and creating rather than what's running you on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that? Cause you've come, you've had so many breakthroughs around that, that I think are so powerful and important. Yeah. Um, I would say part of it is just the more and more times I allowed myself to be open to noticing those things and seeing the positive results and how quickly they came and how much lighter I felt. Um, that was a big, um, a big part of the positive reinforcement around that and kind of continuing to create those patterns. Um, but honestly, I think that a big part of it, I'm trying to, to to decide how the best way to articulate it. Um, I just think that I, a big part of it is just kind of practicing that every day. Um, for me, like you said, um, I think kind of part of it is where, where I really started was uh, a big part of it was trying, feeling like I needed to control everything. Um, and I think that, uh, like you said, when that comes up for me, another thing is just, um, around control and reframing that. Oh, I'm, I just lost my train of thought. I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's all right. So, sorry. I'm on a tangent now. I lost my train of thought. Um, That's okay. Just, yeah. Sorry. Well, what I was referring to is that you, what we have been doing for last few years and all along the way, of course, you have this. So just so everybody knows, well, and what I'm referring to and what uh, I think that, Sam, that you have uh, been good about flexing your muscle is identifying or getting in communication with me when you need to, to identify what neural pattern or what belief system is just starting to run you rather than you being in creation mode. And so, for example, uh, one of the... Uh, one of the ones, I, the most recent one that I can identify because we've been working together a long time. So this is one that may have, that came up like, what, six months ago or something, is that when you, we identified that when you get super stressed, one of your immediate conversations that you go to is, I can't handle this. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And so, you know, that would come up like you would, like when, when you were stressed out and when we were talking, the words, I can't handle this came out several times, right? Yeah. And so I, we got in an inquiry around, and this is what we do, right? We put our curious hat on and we get in an inquiry around what is that? And is that something you believe and where did it come from? And we got with you, that's all over your life. Everywhere you, t anytime you would get stressed out, you'd get to a level where it's like, I can't handle this. Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, you identified that as way from way back when you had, when you were diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, that was something that was often even told to you is like, you can't handle this. So yeah. it was something that you lived into over and over again. Oh yeah. Right. So how powerful is it that you were able to see it, transform it, 
have that not be your go-to anymore. I mean, you still probably pops up once in a while, but my point is you're very willing to flex your muscle around not being run by your default modes or by your past beliefs or by anything else other than it's a constant creation for you on a daily basis. I'm creating it newly every day now and now and now and now. Well, and I shift that into, and, and it was kind of a slow evolution because your work talks about how you have to believe what you're saying. If your belief system, if your BS meter goes off, then you're, that's not going to be the next step in right. your cycle of reframing thoughts because you don't believe it. And so slowly that has evolved, but now I really feel like I'm pretty fully in a place of, I've got this. And even just in the past week, as I was preparing for this fundraiser, there were at least two dozen times where maybe it got to a moment of intensity. There was a day where, um, you know, you know, those days where everything on your list, you go to do that item and it involves three more steps than you had originally planned. (laughs) And it just feels like every single thing, it's just a little bit harder. You know, I was supposed to take the kids to the pool at three and be back at school. And the guy came to install the sink and he was supposed to be there around two. Well, he got there at two 45, of course. And he gets there and he says, Oh, this is not the right kind of sink. So I had to go to habitat restore before I go back to the school to take the kids to the pool and the whole drive there. I'm just like, I've got this, I've got this. You've got this. It's fine. You know, it's no big deal. If the kids get to the pool 15 minutes late, that's fine. They're still going to have a great time. And just, you know, which they did. (laughs) They always do. And honestly, I got back to the school and all, everything was a little behind. So I was right on time and it was okay. And even, and I still have my moments of intensity, but what's amazing is that I can climb out of them a lot quicker. There were times where the um, I can't handle it would last days. I mean, right. where it was so intense and consuming that it would affect my productivity level. It would definitely affect my happiness. And now it's like I have this ability to reframe it rather quickly. And, it, and it's a process, but just having those tools and being able to get clear on what my affirmation is in each area that's going to just move me forward. That little, like Judy says, um, which we might have to somehow explain that, but the shift two degrees, just a little bit at a time, you know, my baby steps. So, yeah. And it's those baby steps that, I mean, and this is what I want, I want to back up a little bit so that people can get the magnitude of this because it is, it is huge. And it's not just huge for you personally, which it is. It's a huge accomplishment for you. But it's also accomplishment and a stand for kids in our community. Yeah. And that's what's part of the power of this. Um, sorry, I'm moved. Um, so. Uh, Don't worry. I'm so going to cry a few huh. times before the end of so this. So when Sam first came to work with me, she told me that she wanted to open a Montessori school. And like I said at the time where she was with integrity, I mean, I was just like, that, that's, this is, this is, I mean, myself, I was going, this is impossible, right? Like, there's just no way. And, um, you know, cr- I'm so grateful that uh, I'm wrong or was wrong um, because what you did was literally baby step it out. And I mean, like yeah. tiny baby steps. And so first we started with, you in your in the in the in the what two bedroom a house that you were living in? Yeah, in just East a small Long- little three. It was actually a three bedroom, and one of the rooms was a classroom, and then one of the living room areas was a classroom. But yes, it was very small. <laughs> 
Yeah. So first, that was where we started, and you had to go through and, and little tiny baby steps. You went through the process of getting yourself certified as a daycare, right? Because at the time you couldn't get certified as a school. Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah. So you got certified as a daycare first. And then you had how many kids? Um, you're talking about the first house, right? Very yeah. first house. Yeah. I had, um, when we left there or when I left there, I had three kids and it was just me teaching as well. Right. And then you moved to a better house. You yes. got a little bit bigger house, right? Yeah. And it was a lot, a lot nicer compared to the last one, right? Yeah. <laughs> you oh, you yeah. moved up. And that was another thing. Okay. So in the process of you, of Sam trying to find a place to live, right? So she's trying to find a place to live where she can have a school right. that has chickens. <laughs> right? Yes. She has chickens. She has a big dog named Coda mm-hmm. and she has a turtle named Gary, right? Oh, and that's Doug. Has, Doug the turtle. Doug, Doug, Doug the turtle. <laughs> and like, I mean, she's got, she's got a menagerie, right? Following around. To, to find a, a a landlord that's gonna like you know be open to this is insane, right? So she comes to me at one point and she's found this house, and it was almost everything she wanted, right? Yeah, almost. But it was missing a couple of pieces. Yeah. Number one, it wasn't in East Lawrence, which one of Sam's commitments is to serve the community of East Lawrence because they don't have a Montessori school. Yeah. And our town can be very divided with East Lawrence being the more, you know, lower income. Sorry, I just hit the mic. Lower income and West Lawrence being higher income kind of division kind of thing. So I love that commitment. It's not in East Lawrence. And there was something else I can't remember that there wasn't perfect, right? Yeah, there was just some things were going to need to be done to make that house work um, accessibility wise. And it just it needed I was just clear I it wasn't the right house, but it was the only person that had offered to allow me to have a school in her house. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. you had to move out of your other place by like August 1st or something. Yeah, I had a month. I had a month to figure it out. Yeah, you had a month to figure it out. And here we are. We're like. Like you got three weeks left or something. Yeah. And you know, again, here's, this is a, this has happened with Sam a number of, uh, you know, more than twice. I can tell you when I have been literally at a loss going, man, I, I don't know if I were you, I'd just take the house. <laughs> I would just, <laughs> I would because I, I mean, I would just be like, I'm a move forward kind of guy. So I would have just, you know, and Sam's like, nope, it's not right. I, the universe is going to provide, it's going to, you know, something's going to happen. Then what happened, Sam? Um, then, so this woman had posted, there's a, like a Facebook group called Lawrence, Kansas Buy, Sell, Trade, and it's big. There's like tens of thousands of Laurentians in it. And um, a woman had posted on there that she had a house for rent and it was a bungalow and, and bungalows with the little front porches and the neighborhoods with bungalows here in town always have kind of been my favorite. Just had, that's, that's what I love. I love the houses with the front porches and Um, and so I messaged her and I'm sure a number of people messaged her because it's a pretty large group and she had just noticed who our mutual friends were. And I was the only person that she had messaged back and she messaged me and then we exchanged phone numbers and I called her and the day before 
there's a local hardware store here in town that's been around for years and years. Everybody knows the family and they're, they're the cottons and they're wonderful. And I was chatting with her the day before and I told her I really wanted to find a house on this one street and it was a three block radius, but I had lived in that neighborhood. It was my first house in Lawrence and I just love that neighborhood and it's on the east side. And I said, I really want a house in this little chunk of area. And then I had spoke the same thing to another friend, um, I think the day before that. So the following day, I call this woman and we start talking. She tells me about the house. It's fenced in. The landlord's okay with dogs. She doesn't think he'll care about the chickens. And she said, you'll have to ask him about the school. But I, I feel like with a good conversation, he might actually be open to that. And then she said, um, and I said, okay, where is it? And she told me, and it was on that stretch of street. And I, I got so excited. I, I think I literally squealed on the phone with her and I said, that's it. It's going to be my house. I said, that's exactly. And then I told her that I'd already shared that with two other people. And I called the landlord that evening, um, and had a really good conversation. And they were basically already open to the possibility of the school. They were fine with the chickens, which that's a really big request to ask a landlord renting to somebody to allow me to have 12 children in here with two adults at a time all day, every day. Um, and he was open to it. And so we started moving forward and they have been some of the best landlords I've ever had. I mean, I think they've reshaped my precedence for what kind of landlord tenant relationship is even possible for me, which is even, it's, it's just been even better than I ever could have expected. So, yeah. Yeah. So then, so then that's the, I mean, you know, again, I would have gone with the house, before, right? I'd just been sign the lease, just sign the lease. Sam's like, no, 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 it's not. It's not the right one. I'm manifesting this right and perfect place, right? Yep. And it's two blocks from Cotton's. Yeah. Two blocks. And she walks right to, where and I Cotton's, went. and Cotton's has a uh, farmers market that she's always wanted to take the kids to, right? So you can walk the kids to the farmers market. Yep. Right? I mean, this place was ideal. Perfect. Then, okay, so then she moves into this house. She's she's golden, and then you have twelve kids, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I swear to God, <laughs> I swear to you, she was not in this house for six weeks. No, it wasn't thinking, six weeks. It was about oh, go go ahead. Sorry. Well, it could have been three weeks. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't yeah. a long time. Because I'm thinking, oh, okay, good, we're in. <laughs> we're just gonna let's take the break. Like let's like you know, most of the time with as much intensity as we've been manifesting, creating, I'm like, let's just stay here for a couple of years. Yeah, right. right. Just stay here for a couple of years. <laughs> so we have a meeting. Sam and I have a coaching session, and I'm like, "Whoo, okay, we're all good, right?" She goes, "Oh no, now, now next." She goes, "I'm, I'm pretty clear we're going to be in a facility <laughs> in the next year." <laughs> I'm like, "You are insane. Are you, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you don't want to just like relax and like just bloom where you're planted right now? Like just be where you are." Nope, I'm pretty clear I'm going to be in a facility in a year. Right? That was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when did you sign the lease on the facility? Oh, that process. <laughs> um, well, I 
I, I, I was thinking like a year to a year and a half. I spoke that to my landlord when I moved in here too. And then around December, like right before Christmas, he got a hold and I moved in in June. He got a hold of me and said, Hey, just so you know, we're wanting to put the ha- our current house on the market and we are going to move back in there around August, September time next year. So then that solidified my timeline, you know, and right. I was with my friend at a store when he called and I looked at her and, and I'd said this to Jay too. There was a time in my life where I would have gone into a panic, even if that was part of my timeline, the fact that I had to do it in that time process and the fact that, um, basically I had just moved into this house and gone to all this work and then I was going to have to move again a year later. I I've had this happen to me multiple times and this is, this time was the best that I've ever handled it by far. Um, and so I started looking and honestly, you know, I covered my bases and I, I tried to look around town and see what else, but I basically also got clear on what building I wanted. So my first teaching job was at uh, Sunshine Acres Montessori School here in Lawrence, and um, it closed down about three and a half years ago, and that was, for lack of a better term, you know, devastating to those of us who had... Um, who had worked at that school and just really fallen in love with that place. It was really heartbreaking. And so when I got clear that I was going to get a facility open, that was the place that I wanted. And um, how great the universe is, I the two realtors ended up being um, other coaches of Jay's. And I had already met them both at women's groups. And as soon as I saw that, I mean, that just even solidified it further. So I started looking at the possibility of buying it. And we had contractors come in. We had the inspectors from KDHE and the fire department, which the health department and the fire department come in, look at it. And, and then we started looking at numbers. And it not only would it be really expensive to buy it, but it needed, you know, if you purchase it and you're up keep doing the whole building, it needed some love. And so um, I realized that buying it right now was not going to be a choice. And so we started moving forward and the realtors worked with me at basically proposing to the landlords that we rent. So we kind of convinced them to rent a place that they had had on the market for, I think, about three to three and a half years now since it closed. Um, and we started that process and, um, I thought I was going to sign my lease first around February. And then I thought for sure by beginning of April, then we had to, we found out it wasn't zoned for childcare, even though it was a school. So I had to go through all the city hoops and whatnot. Um, and we didn't end up signing our, we signed our lease on the third week of June. So about a month and a half before, we plan to open there on August 8th. And so, um, and that you want to talk about giving it up to the universe over and <laughs> over and over and <laughs> over again. And here's the thing, because part of giving up to the universe is accepting that whatever you think your timeline is, the universe always knows what's best. So the timeline's going to be what the timeline's going to be. But at the same time, when you get to this level of manifesting, you get clear about a timeline and it pretty much happens every time. So when it doesn't happen on my timeline, I, there were some times when I got a little bit fresh. I was supposed to sign this by eight. Did we lose you? Sam? 
Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Um, and a big part of giving it up to the universe over and over again is that acknowledgement. Well, I don't really have control. <laughs> and that's that's kind of a really good thing because, you know, there sometimes I'm really clear about what I think I want, what I think I want it to look like. And in the end, it ends up looking different. And it's so much better. It's so if not this, then something better. And that's another um, one of the many, if you want to call them affirmations or just things that I've learned through my coaching with Jay, that, um, that is kind of part of that process of giving it up and letting go of control. If not this, then something better. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you've been very good at, I mean, <clears throat> the thing is that given as many hurdles as you had to do to get into that facility, and this is interesting because every once in a while, you know, when I'm working with somebody, sometimes when they're they're aiming at something and they have roadblock after roadblock after roadblock come up, it becomes obvious that this isn't the path that they wanted or thought they wanted yeah. after all. Yeah. And sometimes I think, sometimes I think it's like, you know, like I, I think that that's valid. I think that people really get tested and then they're like, well, I didn't really want this. And then the thing that happens after that becomes the thing that's like oh it's because I really wanted this thing that that didn't work out and so believe me along the way there were times when I was like man this school is just not this facility's not coming together is this really where she's supposed to be yeah but there's also times when I work with somebody where it's hurdle after hurdle after hurdle and it's about managing those hurdles because you do want it and you do know what you want and you just stay focused on it. And in this case, that was the deal. I mean, every time, yeah. literally every time Sam thought she had this handled and we would have a conversation and I would say, when is that lease going to be signed? She'd say by Friday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that started in February. I know, I know. <laughs> no, but, but uh, and all along the way, you just had another hurdle. And so yeah. it was like, okay, then this hurdle and then, okay, well this hurdle, but, and you know, again, what you learn to create, which you couldn't have created before. And this is what I want you to get with, with your integrity being where it was versus where it is now. Now you created a team of people who helped you manifest that facility. Oh yeah. And not only were they on your team, but they're women who are connected to this network. For those of you that are, unclear about this here in Lawrence there are over 170 women now coming close to 200 I think I need to do the math but I think we're closer to 200 I think <laughs> too. I need to do the math but um there's close to 200 women who have done my seminar and to network with each other and to lift each other up and meet monthly and are on a Facebook page and I mean it's just a community of women who do this work, but also then we have a whole network of women who you can, who, and these two women happen to be in our network working with you. There's also, you know, you just create a team all over the place. Oh um, yeah. And then to pull together this fundraiser in three weeks, once the lease was signed, then it was like, okay, lease is signed. Now we need, now you're all of a sudden you're having a fundraiser. <laughs> like, yeah. Three weeks you managed to, like, and, you know, one of the things that you're super good at that I think is, is is part of your strength is you use your resources. And so you got on Facebook, reached out to your network, you had people donate things, you had, I mean, it was a huge event. It, could you talk a little bit about the event? It went from 3 o'clock until 9 o'clock? 
Yes, it went from three to nine. Um, So our event, we had seven bands, most of which I'm friends with. One was this really phenomenal um, banjo player that another friend connected me with, and he was just a a wonderful addition as well. Um, Then we also had aerial performers. So Mm -hmm. my best friend since I was five, her mom performs for a troupe out of uh, Lucia out of Kansas City, which they're you know, kind of a big deal for lack of a better term. And she came out and was at the event. And then, um, we have a troupe here in Lawrence sacred circus and they came and performed as well. We had a petting zoo with baby goats and we brought our baby chickens from the school and lots of carnival games and a bunch of food was donated by a local business and just everything came together. What we ended up having to spend on the event was pretty much next to nothing because this amazing community of support that I've attracted to myself had just like showered me and blanketed me and my school in love. I mean, everybody contributed. Our silent auction made a ton of money. Um, The event itself made a good chunk of change, especially for the first year. Um, And it was just, and it ran so smoothly. And a big part of that was... um, I've really been reflecting a lot on this week on the parents that I've drawn to my school. So we kind of, my school has a somewhat specialized program. I call us a holistic approach to peace education. So we operate as a Montessori curriculum, but we do a lot of mindfulness in the classroom. Um, Some, a lot of child version of this work in some ways, Um, yoga and meditation and the way that we develop social and emotional skills individually with the children, but also in the group are, is really just in a very positive, loving, peaceful manner. Um, So we kind of have a specialized program and that attracts certain types of parents, certain type parenting types, um, and just certain families. And we have, I've been so blessed because I've just had time after time after time, just amazing families, um, really great parents. And this event was such a testament to that. One of my moms is an event coordinator here in town, and she's also part of the our women's group. Um, and she helped me put, I mean, she was one of my biggest assets. Um, then another mom stepped up and did all the carnival games and a bunch of other things as well. And then I had a dad who came and he ran the sound, he brought all the sound equipment and ran the soundboard the entire event for free. Um, and just, I mean, everybody stepped up. It was, and just even the donations I got for the raffle and auction, I would say 75% of them came from people that I've met out of this women's group and the rest were just, you know, friends that I've attracted over the years. And and one thing that I really want to share in this podcast is just like one of the greatest benefits that I found to doing this work is who I'm attracting into my life now. I'm attracting nice. other powerful, strong, happy, driven, fun people. And the people who aren't in line with where I'm at right now, for whatever reason, where they're at on their journey, uh, you know, some of them have just kind of for lack of better term, faded kind of into the background. And I'm really just attracting amazing people from living the way I'm living and being who I'm being. And this fundraiser was such a testament to that, just seeing how many people showed up to support, um, to support this vision of mine. 
because uh, this vision is so much bigger than me. And that's what's really powerful about what I'm doing is that I'm not just trying to accomplish things for myself. Like I really am. I'm trying to change the world one kid at a time, one future leader at a time, one day at a time. And um, having attracted so much support for what I'm creating is just just so powerful and so inspiring. And um, I really owe it to this work because like Jay said, who I was being before, that was not, it wouldn't have been possible um, so I, this week, this today, this whole weekend since the event has just been nothing but gratitude. I, I do a gratitude practice in the morning and needless to say, it's been really, really easy right now. <laughs> I've got a lot <laughs> to be grateful for. So yeah. Yeah. From the, the perspective of, um, both, uh, a friend and a, a co-manifester and a co-J Priorite, I, I, we got to come up with a name for us, I swear. Um, but and and as now um, a parent of a kiddo who is getting to experience your school, you know, watching you just blossom into this power—it's just what you and what you're saying about it. What you are, who you're attracting. It's like you are so. The, the energy that you put off, the, the, the joy that you exude, it's so easy to be attracted to that and want to be a part of it. I mean, it's very simple to say, yes, you know, how, how much more can we get involved? You know, I, I was watching people who came to the event the other day, and I was just kind of soaking it in and listening to conversations that were being had. And there was a mix. I mean, there were people there that knew you and were very, and there are parents that were in the school currently, but there were also people who sort of stumbled upon it and they were just overwhelmed by what was happening. And then my favorite were people who had been Sunshine Acres folks and they came just to, they didn't, these were people who had no children. They, you know, there weren't people who were going to be there for the kids, but they came there just to be able to say, you know, thank you for reopening this school, you know, for that neighborhood. And that was so, and I, I want to acknowledge you for the, how important that is and how yeah. much that, you yeah. know, that really is going to affect that whole, that whole neighborhood and how much it means to our community as a whole that you have, you've done this. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the things that I'm really clear about is, what I want my school to look like is I want it to be Montessori for the masses. Um, I spoke earlier in this podcast about a little bit about what my story used to be around my childhood. So really young, like five or six years old, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Then, you know, when they put you on these medications for ADHD, there's a number of side effects. You know, some of them are depression, some of them are anxiety, you know. So over the years, I also, you know, got an anxiety disorder diagnosis. And then I went on and they tried to put me on antidepressants and I had a really bad reaction in the fifth grade, like, like really bad. And they realized, oh, okay, you know, she's bipolar, so we can't put her on antidepressants. So then I got that label. And I carried these labels um, through most of my childhood and adolescence, um, not knowing any better. And also just um, it, some of it, there is comfort in like, 
somehow labeling and creating meaning around what what's happening in your body and your mind and but my childhood experience and a lot of the teachers that I interacted with um some of them weren't positive in my elementary career alone um by the time I was done with sixth grade three teachers two of them had quit and one of them was fired three of my main teachers after the right after the year that they had me and of course my story around that was like i broke these teachers they couldn't handle me i was the worst kid and you know i have grown up and have fallen in love with working with children and come at it from this level of love and compassion and patience where I I want to work with every kid. I don't want to look at a child and say, "Oh, well you're you require you have additional challenges. You require more of my energy and time and effort, so it's not worth it to put that into, you know, I have too much else to do." And you see that a lot unfortunately in um the field of education. Everybody has a story about a teacher that didn't get them and especially children that struggled more through that process. So many instances and experiences shared about, um, you know, either having the teachers that really supported you and having the teachers that did it. And so for me, when I got clear that I wanted to open a school, which I think was, um, it was when Jay and I were first working together, he recommended I go to the Landmark Forum in Kansas City, and that's like a weekend-long for lack of better explanation, it's kind of a self-empowerment seminar or just a life seminar. Um, and I got clear in that, that I wanted to open my own school. And a big part of that was when I started diving in to what my childhood had looked like and all these labels, I really wanted to raise children in their natural light. I really didn't want, I wanted to create an environment where they weren't told that they were wrong or bad for being a certain way, um, that they could just be who they were and that we would love them unconditionally that way. And so um, as I got into adulthood, I really, um, and through this work, I let go of my labels. I don't ever refer to myself as ADHD anymore or bipolar or say that I'm having issues with anxiety. And what I found when I did that, when I stopped speaking that, it stopped in a lot of ways being so. I started having the power to reframe these um, ADHD quote unquote behaviors to shift them into what I wanted them to be. And when I got in integrity with my life, a lot of that just fell away. Um, and that's pretty powerful. Like I messaged Jay recently, I separated with a partner of five and a half years and I have been handling this breakup like a rock star. <laughs> like yes, you have. I yes, you have. Been, so much has been going on and I have just been <clears throat> powering through. And when I have my moments where I'm feeling feels and that's, that term comes from working with children for 10 years when I'm feeling my feels, <laughs> Um, I let myself feel them and I let that be okay. And I let myself be authentic and I love myself even when my small comes up, which is a milestone for me. Um, but part of that is just this, like I messaged Jay one day, um, a little actually probably about a week before we broke up. And I said, 
I'm noticing some of my patterns of depression, like really early on coming up for me. Like I'm, I'm wanting to lay around a little bit more when I have the opportunity to go be social, which is my natural light. That's my, that's my, me. Um, I'm wanting to stay in instead. And I just realized that I now have the power to like, to identify that. To see when these things are starting to come up for me as part of this trained self, noticing my thought patterns, noticing my behaviors now. And I caught it really early and I got proactive. I started surrounding myself with women. I started making sure if I was, if I was having a moment where I felt like um, maybe some of that was coming up for me, I would just reach out to somebody Um and just the last little thing I'm going to say about that, I, I had a professor at uh, Baker who um, was one of my mentors and just really changed my life. I had two really great mentors at Baker, but one of the quotes that she said to me, I was taking a, I actually failed out one semester at Baker. And when you go back there, they ask you to take a class that basically gives you skills to be successful in college, which I think is amazing. I think every university should do that because that I actually took that class seriously and it changed my life. And one of the things that she said to me is she said, you know, when you help somebody, how does that make you feel? Like if somebody reaches out and asks for help and you're able to help them, how does that feel? And of course, everybody in the class said, you know, it feels great. We like helping people. And she said, you know, why would you want to deprive people of that? And it kind of reframed my logic around reaching out. And like Jay said, you know, around this event, I reached out and I asked for help. I knew that this community would support me and I knew that I'd attracted all these amazing people. Um, and that sometimes just... Being able to identify what's going on and knowing when it's the time to reach out is really is really powerful <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I wanted to yeah. uh, just to put a cap on it. Um, currently, how many people do you have enrolled to start in August, Sam? Um, we would, remember starting. We were starting at three a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would say we probably have twenty. I there's another. Jay Pryor woman who is coming to check out the school next week and I, I have every conf confidence that I'm going to enroll her so we're just going to go ahead and see 22. <laughs> and yeah. how many will you have by your open date August 8th? Um, I have already, so I know you talk in another one of your podcasts about the chalkboard list, uh, the being uh -huh. boss podcast and I already have uh -huh. my chalkboard list and it has the 40 kids on it. Um, but I've also told the universe that, you know, honestly, if we open with 30, that sounds great to me. So, um, that's somewhere in that range. Um, and we, we planted seeds, a lot of seeds at this fundraiser last weekend. I, I spoke with a lot, a lot of people about enrollment. So, and it's funny because having the kids there is, you know, obviously an essential part of the business operating, but that part. I've given that up to the universe so many times that I don't even, it's, I don't even really think about it anymore. Well, and that's I what I want. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. yeah that's that's all going to happen. That's going to be great. It's going to be perfect. I've done the same thing with my staff because I am so good at attracting people that every step away, I've just said, you know, 
oh, the, the staff that's meant to be at the school, they're just, they're going to find their way to me and it's all going to be great. And so that part has, there's never been really any doubt in my mind that we're going to have the perfect and right number of kids when we open um, and the exact right people there. Um, and they actually told me in the spring that I wasn't going to be able to have my chickens because of a zoning issue at the new building, even though that was part of our original negotiation with the landlord. Um, and I spoke to the city last week and I think I'm going to be able to get a special permit to have my chickens at the new building too. So even that worked Yay. itself out. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's, That's yeah. awesome. That's incredible. You know, I've got to say, um, cause I do want to, I think that from the perspective of, of the parent now, um, and having a kiddo, my son landed with Sam because he was a kid who has some special needs. Going back to what you had said earlier um, about being welcoming and being open to all kids. Um, My kid, my son um, was asked to leave um, another program um, because he was, uh, he took a lot of, I guess, more energy than was willing to be expended. Um, And so when that happened, when I was sitting there in that room and being told this, I mean, I was so overwhelmed with just horror. I mean, sadness for him and everything else and was trying to figure out where to go. And I reached out to this group, this group of women. Um, And, you know, to be honest, like, I hadn't, I mean, I wasn't, I was so outside of my brain. I hadn't even thought about Sam. I was just like, just, I just wanted to reach out and just ask for some, you know, for, for that, you know, for this group to hold space for me for a little while while I tried to figure out what to do. And it was immediate. Sam immediately was like, I'll take him, bring him on by. (laughs) And, you know, I've got to say that in this very short time frame, you know, I didn't realize just how much of a difference it makes when you have somebody who's willing to just let a child be. Um, I didn't realize just how um, reserved he had become, um, how his confidence had plummeted. Because you see it every, you know, when you see it every day, you know, you just sort of make assumptions that that's sort of part of who yeah. he is because of his needs. And when then when you see the, when you see him just open up his heart and the other day at the fundraiser, oh, two weeks before that, three weeks before that, he would have been, you know, behind my leg. He would have been holding my hand. He would have, you know, he's very open and very loving kiddo like loves people but he would have still been overwhelmed by the you know just walking into this new space and he would have you know just wouldn't have felt as comfortable in that area I mean he walked in the other day let go of my hand marched forward led us through the whole process told us everybody introduced us to people you know was just watching that confidence in this short short amount of time it's literally been a couple of weeks you know and watching him in that way just is such an incredible thing that that is not, that's not where everybody is. And so bless you. Thank you. Bless you and your staff. I mean, your, your staff is like you've, you, you've attracted some hell of amazing yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And 
he feels he's got such ownership of where he's at now, and he feels like such a leader, and it's been just such a blessing that I don't think I could ever be, I can never thank you enough for giving him that. Well, you know, part of the blessing is that um, there's so much affirmation in that for me you know those are the moments hearing hearing that from a parent is are just the moments where I know that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing not that there was any doubt in my mind um but I've seen I've seen that happen honestly time and time again in this environment I've really seen kids start with us and come out of their shells I've had a number of families move their child from unhappy daycare situations and just tell me how much they love it here um we had a little boy start who barely talked at all when he starts and now sometimes he's my loudest friend at circle time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which you know we're listening ears are important but at the same time that's kind of part of honoring that natural light of every child is just realizing that they're all just being kids and, you know, having patience with who they are and knowing what their strengths are and doing your best to create a space for them to, um, for those strengths to blossom and not, um, it's so easy to focus on the negative sometimes. And I think that as a teacher, one of our greatest, one of the greatest parts of our job is just being positive, just really helping the children see what their strengths are. And I think that that was a lot of what allowed me to work through some of my shit in adulthood was starting to realize what my strengths were and really honoring those and stopping focusing on my, like the things that weren't working. I started focusing on what was working and that created this huge shift for me. And part of that logic is really where I'm coming from with children is that just foster them in what's working really young, foster them in that natural light really young because they're born with it. And I feel like society kind of beats it out of them over time. And, um, so what we're doing here is just really trying to honor them really young and, and teach them these goals that, or teach them these skills. Um, and it looks a little different in kids. And I think that probably some future endeavor for me will be designing some sort of curriculum around this work for kids kind of combined with the mindfulness that we already do. Um, and I, I didn't mention this yes and yet in the podcast. Jay knows this. And Becca, I don't even know if you know this, but part of my getting clear about my school was that I want to create this initial school, develop it into kind of an overall model. Um, and then, and then duplicate it elsewhere is, is my eventual goal because I really feel like the country, the world is really yearning for curriculum like this. That's really just all about loving the children and, um, really finding a way to adapt the classroom because the thing is is I think it's easy to say that it's it's hard to adapt the classroom to children who need extra things because maybe it pulls away from the other kids or maybe you know I hear the fairness argument a lot it's not fair to the other children but the reality of life is that life's not really fair like and I think the moment I figured that out oh my god so much opened up for me like Everything shifted when I just realized that and I didn't make it wrong anymore. I was just like, okay, 
that's, you know, life's not going to be fair and that's fine. Well, it also, I think, teaches compassion with the other kids to recognize that, you know, if if I've got this, I don't need to have the same level of attention, you know, placed upon me. And it gives those kids the opportunity to develop compassion for kids that might learn differently or be different, you know, or show up differently. And so it's just like we're developing adults. Yeah, well, and beyond that... the, yeah. These children, you know, the older kids, what I really like about the Montessori method is that it's two and a half through six. And what's really nice is the older kids step up, you know, the first, mm-hmm. um, your son's first day here, we have another little boy who's just with us for the summer and he's six as well. And he, Truman walked into the chicken area and he walked straight up to him and he was like, do you want me to show you how to hold a chicken? And he like, and, and that little boy, they hung out a lot that first day and he showed him where the bathroom was and he kind of walked him through the school. And so uh, beyond just that compassion, it really teaches them to step up as members of the community and realize that no, we're not all the same. And if we all had the same needs and the same interests, like how boring would life be? And we have, you know, we have a lot of a large variety of children with different personality types. And I'm sure, you know, if a um, psychiatrist wanted to get in here and start doing early diagnosis, I'm sure they could come up with a number of things. But what's it's just uniqueness in my world. It's just, you know, this is who this person is. And we're all so different and um, kind of just fostering that and loving that. And I think that, um it's not as hard as some teachers or childcare providers make it sound like it is because we make it work. And, um, I've never really had a too. I haven't had too many points since we opened the school where I've kind of thought, I just don't know if I can adapt to the needs of this child or if we, if we as a classroom can, I mean, most of the time we just, we find a way and we, we keep trying new things. And what's great, we live in, you know, it's 2016. So say you have a child with a really intense behavior, you just get online and you start researching other children and things, you know, weighted blankets and oral fixations and some of the things you can do. So they're not putting every single thing in the classroom in their mouth. And, you know, you just find, this the tools that are going to work and we have so much access to information that part of me feels like in you know it's just a cop-out at this point to be like oh it's too you know so um I'm just really grateful for my history and my journey that has brought me to this point because I think some of the things that I just thought were horrible about my childhood or were um so hard and I hung on to them for years as just these sad awful things and like the reality is is they all brought me here and they all put me in a position where I can create a school that's going to bring the best out in your child and that's going to bring the best out in so many other children and that's just so incredibly beautiful and that's a big part of my gratitude right now too is just really staying present every day to just how beautiful this all is um and just watching it evolve and attract more and more families and our new building we're licensed to 44 kids so you know within a few months we will be serving 44 families 44 families will bring their their children to my school for me to love them and honor them and and help them grow up in their natural light and, and be leaders in this community and in the world. And, um, there are just aren't enough words to express 
what that mm-hmm. feels like and how amazing that is. So, and this work got me here. It got me here. I could not have created this without this work. So, um, I'm a pretty big testament to how powerful it is. I really am. And I, um, I'm also just grateful to be at a place where I can say that, where I am so sure in myself that I realize how powerful what I am and how powerful what I'm creating is. And just to be at that level of love for myself and what I'm doing is also, um, a big product of this work as well. So, yeah. I told you I was going to cry. I knew I was going to cry multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a couple of things I want to, um, first of all, I was going to ask you back and you already said it, but you know, I know that at the time, and this is, I want, I hope people get, cause get this because you know, there's all of us have these times when life happens and we're like, so gobsmacked by it or the emotionality of it is so intense that we cannot see the divine order in all of it. We cannot see how the universe is working for our good. And, you know, when that whole thing happened with Truman, I mean, I was just going to ask you back. It's like, can you now see that it's divine order? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and it's, and it's interesting the way that it all sort of tumbled out too, is that we had an interview that you guys will be hearing soon. Actually, you're going to hear it before Sam's interview, which was with Caitlin. And we sort of, it's when it hit me like a ton of bricks that I had been sort of trying to shove this, you know, square peg into a round hole for so many years to make it work because it was like, I believed so strongly in the Montessori method and I thought, you know, this is what you do and this is what, it's got to work because it's got to be... Well, Anne Maria Montessori said that, I mean, her whole philosophy was around adapting to the needs of every child. So I get that. (laughs) Exactly. Let the child lead you. So that's what I'd always say. Like, wait a minute. You know, like, how can it be a problem? We're letting him lead us, right? And so I just fought it and fought it. And during that, during that interview, it just overwhelmingly hit me. And I, you know, and then again, how do you create things? So in that moment, I was like, I am, I've put my kid in, I might be putting my kid in the wrong place. And then literally two days later is when I got the call that they were asking him to leave. And so it was like, okay, oh my, and then of course the emotional part of that and dealing just with the guilt and the, uh, all of those emotions that went into it. But then to be able to walk in to Mindful Montessori and to see my kid change in such a quick time frame and to see just how powerful it is what you're doing he couldn't be in a better place one of my fears of you know we're moving into first grade next year and you know just gosh you know there's so much more expectations and there's so many different things and I put all these fears on it um, but I know he, he can do it. Like, I know he can manage it. He's now been given this gift of the summer with Sam um, that is going to give him all the tools that he needs and all of that, that confidence back that he needs to be successful during the school year. So, yes, divine, divine order. order. Oh, yeah. Divine order. And yep. he's such, it's, it's amazing what a difference environment and who you're interacting with can really make because I think that he does really have a natural ability to be a mentor. He wants to help. He wants to lead. He wants to, mm-hmm. you know, this past week as organizing the fundraiser and really stepping into a role as a director, um, 
one of the hard parts of that has been I have to step out of the classroom more. So, you know, obviously I got here because of my love of the work with the children. And for me, that's also, I, I've been really creating and getting clear about what I want it to look like when we're in the new building. And a big part of that is I do want to be spending a good chunk of time in the classroom with the kids. And I know that I have my director's role and I have other things to do, but it's important to me. But I, just in the time that I've been able to be in here and be with him, um, he, like, I'll walk in the room to, to grab something or something like that. And he, he grabs me and he guides me and he wants to show me what he's working on, or he wants to, he'll draw me over to a friend in a conversation that they're having. And he really is, I think that, I think he really is this natural leader. And it, it's, it's also really rewarding as a teacher and a childcare provider to, see that come out of him as well and granted you know I've not been on the journey that you've been in where I've really seen uh, we had him for a couple weeks last summer and I I subbed for him a little bit at Rain Tree and so um it's just been really neat to kind of see what a what him in the role as a mentor and he's you know the oldest kid in the class and um, the children all just really love and respect him. And he's kind of the life of the party out on the playground. And he's, you know, he's just, yeah, I, that's, that's what it's all about, you know? So and I gotta say just the difference between what you just said with him grabbing your hand and guiding you, that was an, that was an, that was an issue that was being ha- had at the other locate other place that he was at was that he was he was trying to get the attention of the leader to show them things outside of what the you know the group or whatever was was doing and that was that was a big problem that they had so just that statement that you see it as a positive thing you know what an amazing different way to look at it yeah yeah So, I, I can't wait till this goes everywhere. Yeah, and like you said, uh, Sam uh, said that I know this because this is part of our master plan. And one of my favorite things in working with somebody really long term is, um, you know, like starting with scratch with Sam. And we, you know, I get to be mm-hmm. part of this manifestation and this creation and I hold space for my clients to and hold their vision. And um, we're going all over. I mean, we're going international, right, Sam? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wanted oh, travel yeah. to be part of my this long-term vision. So just I've... the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. could, we take, could yeah. we take a minute? Like, could we just... Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. yes. Don't worry. I'm not going to do it in a year. Like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, London. No, 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 no. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to breathe. I'm excited to breathe. <laughs> a couple of years, maybe. Just let's, yeah. let's get... The next yeah. thing is that... Uh, and I, I'm, I, I say this sort of speaking out of turn, but know that Sam and I have spent a lot of time uh, manifesting and working on this, so I'm pretty clear about the vision. Um, we're going to be, you know, her. she has a curriculum that she's pretty uh, powerfully focused on creating, mm-hmm. very specific piece curriculum yeah. for kids. Uh, that's we, we got to get that done. Ne- that'll yeah. be next. And buying <laughs> a house. the building. And buying a house. Oh yeah, buying a house. And buying a house. Like all that stuff. Years. There's a whole. There's a whole plan. There's a whole master plan. Yeah. Um, but what I want people to get, and one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on, and you know, we're having Caitlin on, and we're having different people that I've been working with from taking you from like you know nothing to where you are now and following you, 
is that I want people to get that everything's possible. Like if you have a vision, you have you can see it, you can have it. There's just a matter of getting an integrity and starting baby steps and focusing on what you want rather than what you don't want. And Sam, you said that so eloquently that you just shift your focus to your strengths and what was working rather than focusing all of your energy on all your defects and what wasn't working. Yeah. And once once you had that major shift, then things started just boom, just baby step, boom. I mean, it was like it was one victory after another. And um, it's just been a joy to be a part of. So thank you for coming on uh, and doing a podcast with us. Thank you. I'm um, yeah. I, I share, your, share you doing the work with other people, I think, makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I and that's a big that's something I definitely want to continue to do moving forward as well, because I think that hearing those stories and, and knowing that there are people like I at this point, I just get clear that I want something and I just do it. <laughs> And that's like, that's, you can have that. That's a real thing that anybody can have. And I think that I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to share what my life looks like and, and just hoping maybe that'll, even if it inspires one other people or one other person, sorry, um, that's totally just beyond anything I ever could have imagined. And it's really wonderful. So thank you for having me. And, um, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to share my story and, you know, I love you both so much and I'm just, um, I'm really grateful for you. So thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And we will check back in for sure, because as we see our, our goals with this podcast, you know, we'll be back. We're going to circle back around to you and find out where you are here, you know, six months, a year from now. And that school is full of kids running around, and the sounds of laughter echo through those hallways once again. So thank you so much, Sam. And we will talk to you soon. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life. And here's what we want to leave you with. Whether you are just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations just to focus you in a direction of loving yourself or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on. Wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know and what we know is if you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're going to get there. And we're going to get there with you. So thanks for being with us. Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing, uh, sorry, info at jayandbecca.com. And that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview. Maybe you. You can reach us at our Facebook page too, right? Yep. Yeah, totally. So um, that's just facebook.com slash jayandbecca. All right. We'll see you around next time. Bye, Join us.